Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. Oh man, season's speeding along already. We are coming up on week three. Week three, where there's nothing important happening, right? Nothing, no historical rivalries being fought, no serious grudges, grievances being aired. It's my way of talking around Tennessee, Florida, because I don't want to talk about it. Not at all. You know, we're, we're gonna, though. Unfortunately, we're gonna. Yeah. You're Catholic. You're Catholic. This is basically, this show is basically a confession, all right? You don't want to talk about it, but we're going to talk about but it. But listener, before you eject, know that we will talk about other far greater and more interesting things. I just wish we didn't even have to play it. That's where I'm at with this I haven't game. ruled it out. I mean... <laughs> Do we have a, is there another hurricane on the way? There's There's a shitload of players suspended for Florida still. And and Still. just existing in some sort of uh, unknown state, I guess they're in mm-hmm. they're in football purgatory. Yeah, the Santa Fe River might f- overflow. I like that. Uh, that implies their program isn't already football purgatory. Like they're in super purgatory now. They're in the second yeah. second circle of purgatory. Is that a thing? They're with the they're with the they went from being the what like the unwashed pagans to like the lightly washed pagans if you could be Dante's like if you could be like super sleepy in purgatory just be like oh i don't really feel like doing anything oh my gosh oh. do you want to go to do you want to go to super mega purgatory they're in the purgatory waiting room we're already talking too much about florida tennessee purgatory prime luxury purgatory with the, like you get the you get the the premium club box seats in purgatory 
Yeah, I think that um, really all you need to know about this program right now is that, and yes, verified, Hurricane Irma's winds blew a couple of letters off a of Florida field. And which ones did they take? The O's. If and you have not seen them now? The O's and the D. Took the O and the D. <laughs> <laughs> Left Again. the ST, though. There's going to be a lot of kicking. So let's use this to, we, you know, we asked you for confident week three predictions this week. Not bold, confident. And you can be bold and confident, I suppose. But I do want to start with this one. Let's just get out of the way from Zach Ferguson, at underscore Zach Ferguson. Florida outgains Tennessee in a loss. Spencer, do you know the last time that Florida outgained its opponent and lost the game? Um, yeah, I do. Would that be Mizzou? That would be the Missouri game in 2014. 2014, yeah. yeah outgained Missouri 283-119. to 119. And ha- what was the final score of that game, if you remember? It's fine if you don't. Was it 44-14? 42-13. 42-13. Again, like Will Muschamp, I'm a little fuzzy on the math. Missouri scored on a kick return, a punt return, a fumble return, and a pick six. And they threw in some field goals and an offensive touchdown for good measure. So I don't feel great about this happening just because when Florida loses, they make sure that the offense bears lots of responsibility for it in the last few years. There are very few cases of like, oh, Florida went out and put up 480 yards, but just wasn't. Nope. No, like. This this machine is binary. It's ones and zeros. There are no sevens. I don't see this happening because it would involve Florida gaining yards, and I I do not see a way that that can happen right now in any fashion whatsoever. So, yeah, you can you can take it. I, this this ain't happening. If if it does, it will be. It means that the game is truly cromulent. It means that Florida loses this game, ten seven. And quote unquote outgains Tennessee like two hundred and two yards to one hundred and ninety eight. God, that's gonna happen now. I just willed it into existence. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Good job. Good it's, job. It's the Stay Puff Marshmallow game. Can I? Uh, can I take a uh, a prediction, please? On a on literally literally any other game. Yep. <clears throat> um, we got a lot of people calling for Purdue to give Mizzou hell. Um, and a lot of people calling for just an outright Purdue win over Mizzou. Um, Marcus Borton on Twitter predicts Purdue Mizzou becomes a 70 to 68 shootout. That sounds like a, I mean, Purdue 70, Mizzou 68. That sounds like one of those scores you see during like November when you don't realize it's a basketball score, you know? Right. You're like, huh, why are, why are they even playing? Oh, right, right, right. Um, and yeah, that, that could happen. That, that, that could happen. Purdue does all sorts of silly, weird stuff now uh, on offense, and Mizzou does the same on defense and just fired their defensive coordinator for reasons in addition to football. Like, things weren't going great, but um, it wasn't quite as bad as it seemed in week two. It certainly was in week one when they gave up, what, 40-something to an FCS team? In week two, it was like some, you know, again, some weird must-champ stuff, but... Yeah, Mizzou's not doing great right now, and Purdue is the best Purdue we've seen in, what, almost a decade? So, yeah, let's go for this over. It's really impressive how committed both of these schools are right now to just giving up crazy long plays. Missouri has allowed 10 plays of 20-plus yards. Purdue has allowed 11. 
the season again is two games old. So like, yeah, this, haymakers, haymakers, baby. Yeah, it's this Big is swings. this is sort of going to be like watching two teams shoot half court shots, except they count as long as you get it to the baseline. This is like it's like yeah, it's like two YMCA teams where everyone thinks they're Steph Curry. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to people complaining about this game. By the way, why? No, no. Why this will be? No. This will probably be a really fun game to watch. Nobody's playing defense here. Oh God, I keep I watching think- it. This would be the CFB Twitter hipster pick of the week. Like, there's going to be, like, the whole podcast ain't played nobody listenership is going to be dialed in on this All game. All over this. All 40, over this. 45, 45 minutes to get halfway through the first quarter. Can we Let's just call this the Bill Siebel? <laughs> Basically. Also, like, low key, the Chris Brown Bowl, the smart football bowl, because right. I know that he's very oh, analytical. Yeah. He likes to break things down, but at the same time, I know he's watching Purdue with like going, "Don't have hope, don't have hope in their heart." And don't think about it this way: Bill Connolly, Chris Brown, their initials are just flipped. They're the same but mirrored. Wow! What? What? Four four college football books between those two? It's a lot of galaxy brain. Authorship at stake here. Call it the book bowl. Can I? I'm going to take one just to remind everybody that this game's happening. Okay, because I think you might have forgotten. We're still in the silly season of strange road games. For instance, last week, Oklahoma State went to Mobile to play South Alabama in South Alabama in a stadium that I'm told has an outstanding rodent problem. Good for them. It's always good to have tenants. (laughs) I like the word outstanding there. Tremendous rodent problem. You say pest control issue. I say friend to nature. Spectacular rodent problem. From Eugene Gino Aol, that would be at Gino1510. Must be a lot of Genos on Twitter. At least 1,000 Wisconsin fans arrested for public intoxication in Provo. Okay. I mean, they are already been. You, you ask, well, why would Wisconsin be playing in Provo? Why would they be playing? They're playing in, in Provo this week, y'all. Wisconsin, in Provo, Utah, where having a Starbucks was kind of a negotiation and where the beer, by law, can't be more than what? Several percentages, right? One below. One. One, yeah. ABV of one. (laughs) It's actually, I just just looked it up. It's uh, 4% by volume. 4% by volume, meaning... Damn, that's like Diet Sprite. (laughs) I don't... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to Riverside this prediction because at four percent beer, I don't think there's any way your standard Wisconsin fan gets drunk. That's that. That's the real issue here. Is like, well, first, let's not assume that Wisconsin fans aren't going to bring their own supplies. That's foolish. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> case full of beer. <laughs> but if we're talking about public intoxication. That require. I mean, think about it. You are working security in Provo. That requires some visible indicia of intoxication. You have to be slurring. You have to be walking funny. You have to be aggressive. Like, if you have met Wisconsin fans, you know that yes, they drink an ungodly amount, but then they just go about their day. They're not like Wisconsin fans are not just. They're not Barney from The Simpsons. They're just like okay, and now to be a vice principal. All right, surgery time. Okay, let's build a tractor. All of these things I will do while my body is swimming in liquor. 
They're, they're like Vikings in hoodies or something like that. Right. Right. I, th- I mean, I think on the one hand, yeah, a Wisconsin fan is with faced with 4% ABV is more likely to drown than to get um, publicly. <laughs> oh, I've never felt so hydrated. My it's skin looks great. Thing. I just, it, I, I'm just standing in front of a urinal drinking. It's just a loop. Is this what it's like but to be on, a triathlete? On... I feel like a triathlete. <laughs> Tom Herman is so proud of my urine color right now. <laughs> it's invisible. <laughs> but I mean, also, like, as soon as they step off the plane in in Provo, aren't they going to be like, "What is that smell? It smells like a hospital." No, no. <laughs> Now, Spencer, you said you said you wanted to remind people that this game existed, and I thought you were going in an entirely different direction. Because this question, this question, this prediction rather comes from Matt Takamoto, Takamoto twenty three X, on Twitter. This is the week it all goes horribly wrong for Josh Rosen. Where's UCLA playing? Mm-hmm. Where's UCLA playing this week, Spencer? Oh, UCLA is uh, going to, they're going to go east. So go ahead and let's just all say it together. Body clock. They're playing at Memphis. Body clock's gonna, they're playing at Memphis. and In um, a noon game. Mm-hmm. 9 a.m. Pacific. Yeah. People, I mean, Man. listen, people in California are barely awake at 9, 9 a.m. on a Saturday. Because mm-hmm. they just have no need to be. None. What are you gonna do? And You're gonna go to Trader Joe's early? Fuck it, you don't need that. I want you to consider the the one thing that might be problematic for Memphis in this game. Memphis, I think, is one of those teams that doesn't have a play like over twenty yards. Like they have nobody who can stretch the field whatsoever. So in a game where UCLA has basically this year just admitted, yeah, we're 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 just gonna score as many points as possible and see see how it shakes out, right? The exact game plan of, hmm, let's control the game and let's really work the ball down the field and let's control. Nope, nope. They're just going to let Josh, they're going to let Josh Rosen hurl that thing and we'll we'll see how it works. Um, In a game where you have to keep up with that might be kind of an issue, even if they're playing at 9 a.m. Oh, and you say UCLA might get behind. Is that a, is that a problem? Has that been a problem? <laughs> listen, no. listen, listen! Just because you get to play Texas A&M doesn't mean that'll work against everybody. I don't think we should say <laughs> Memphis is at Texas A&M's level. That's rude to Memphis. I mean, Memphis hasn't barely beaten the Nichols Colonels yet. Here's the one mm. interesting um, mm-hmm. conjunction for me: UCLA. And granted, the season is early, and numbers mean nothing. UCLA currently ranks 124th against the run through two games. They are averaging. yards per carry. And you're like, well, Texas A&M, no. Hawaii ran for 281 yards on 42 carries. UCLA still won the game easily. That's fine. Memphis has only played one game against Louisiana Monroe, in which they ran for 8.18 yards a carry on 39 attempts. Memphis is very happy, based on that limited data, to not throw the ball and to just run it. And if UCLA is a leaky sieve in terms of run defense, Josh Rosen may not have the ball all that much. That's true. And and that's what they've got to hope for, right? It's a bad it's a bad matchup. I mean, it is a bad matchup. I am just saying 
that before you get on the before you get on the college football hipster upset wagon, which you know me, I'm, I'm first on that, foolishly so, right? Like, oh, Memphis got this, because I want Memphis to have this, right? I want Memphis to have good things. But guess what the weather is going to be on Saturday? In case you're like, well, no, can they can they handle the humidity? That's nah, going to be like 86, and it's not going to rain. Humidity is going to be 66 percent though. So come on, come on, big sweat. Come on, big soggy. It's the twelfth man. The humidity. Since I um, since I brought up Monroe, and since I feel like I'm not getting enough traction with you two in our private conversations, can we talk a little bit about how I really want to do a live show in Lafayette, Louisiana, at the last remaining Popeyes buffet? Yeah, I think we're all for it. I mean, we've sure. been called out on this a couple times, but I don't recall shooting this idea down. I just, the lack of enthusiasm is sort of, you know, like, I feel like I need y'all to really get behind me here. So here's what I told the Lord the other night was, when it comes to Popeyes, my yes is on the table. And it's a blank check, basically. (laughs) So you just tell me where to show up. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, same same with me here, you know. I'm going to, I'm going to write the letter. I'm going to start with Popeyes Corporate. Because I feel like if they get on board, the franchise will just be like, well, okay, we'll make that happen. And obviously, I don't know, man, this, this, might, this might be a renegade franchise. You think so? Popeye, Popeye's might have been like, you should stop doing the buffet. And they're like, we disavow you. You've gone yeah, too let's far. not go to corporate. Because like, what if we, what if I go into corporate, we snitch on the Monroe Popeye's? And, 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 and like, what? And, a buffet? Yeah. Shut that uh, down. Wait, that one's still, that, bu- that Popeye's has been dead for 30 years. We are the way in the light. It's it's the flying Dutchman of Popeyes, right? So yeah, we'll we'll do that. We'll figure that out. We'll set it up. We'll sell some tickets. All of those proceeds will go to charity, obviously. Listen, Roger Sherman already said he was in. I'm going to hold him to that. That's a binding Twitter contract. You got to show up. If you're going to say you show up at the the like all you can eat Popeyes, this is this is as close as we can get to the hajj for us right like like you say you're gonna do it you got to do it you know why god heard you right you got to go do it you got to show up at the all you can eat Popeyes. And, and much like the hajj there will probably be trampling oh no, there should be man when they come with when they come with the fresh spicy oh someone's gonna hurt <laughs> i do we can set up something in the parking lot where we all throw rocks at the devil too i don't That's know who the devil man. is in lafayette but i suspect it's nick saban <laughs> probably so that's fine um i would lo- like to point out uh I'd like to point out another prediction if i may please which um i will tell you neither of these are happening i just want you to consider the absurdity if you say it out loud okay it's from wimpco industries at sherman underscore tank 474 again must be a lot of weird sherman tanks on twitter that's odd brian kelly gets fired this week after losing to Boston College, <laughs> I couldn't get through it. <laughs> I tried, I tried to say it, and it still wouldn't come out of my mouth. Parts. So Brian Kelly getting fired in 2017, it's entirely possible. So I wouldn't I, rule that out. I asked resident Notre Dame fan slash apologist Jessica Smetana, um, whether I asked her this, I showed her this, and I was like, "Is that a thing?" Could that happen? And she said no, that Notre Dame is not the kind of institution that would fire a coach in the middle of the season 
because they just aren't, barring something like truly heinous coming out. And yes, losing to Boston College is heinous, sure. just not in the way that you're thinking. Mm, something something yeah. heinous coming out about I Brian know, Kelly? I know. It seems so unlikely. He's got such a wonderful personal record and just like seems like such a lovely man. So she thinks this is unlikely, but she did say like, well, I don't know if they lost like 50 to 14 or something. And now that's all I want from this Saturday is Boston College not to just squeak by Notre Dame, not to be like, oh, and Notre Dame misses the field goal and Boston College will. No. Lay the wood. Bring the pain. Dude them back to hell. So let's see. The last time Boston College scored 50 points. This is this is probably uh, going to be a Matt Ryan game if I had to guess. Oh, they put seventy six on Howard last year. Let's um, let's let's limit. That's this. an FCS team. Yeah, let's limit this to FBS teams. All right, we're back to twenty twelve. Two thousand nine, NC State, fifty two to twenty. Damn. Yeah. So they're lot. due. That's... What I'm hearing is they're due. Yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I like uh, this one also. It goes hand in hand from Scott Aiken on Twitter. Brian Kelly moves the Boston College game to a flooded Florida location and calls 45 passes. <laughs> just move, just move NBC to the lake near Florida's campus that is overflowing with rabbit alligators or whatever. We're playing this in the Everglades. We love yeah. natural splendor. What better match? What better matchup for the? The flowing, unstoppable prestige of Notre Dame. Well, we had it, we had it dialed up just right, but the alligators couldn't, couldn't execute. Can you imagine the questions if they lose fifty to fourteen to Boston College, Coach? That's a uh, that's a uh, seven possession game. It's not seven possessions. It's thirty six points. The reporters are so sick of him anyway, too. Like it's so obvious that they hate him, right? Listen, I know for internet purposes, I should want. Boston College to beat Notre Dame 50-14 to 14 and Brian Kelly to do a press conference afterwards, I cannot advise that he appear before the media if he loses to Boston <laughs> College 50-14. to 14. I just can't. It'll look like Ooh. the White House White House correspondent things where they're telling them, like, don't turn on the cameras, and they're like, we're gonna do it! You can't tell us what to do! <laughs> and then they just draw cartoons of Brian Kelly. He does kind of look like thick Sean Spicer, now that I'm thinking of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Spicier. Sean Spiciest. <laughs> or like Sean Spicer's older brother, Sean. I, I'm just convinced that that family probably just named everybody Sean. For I'm, like Sean I'm Sean with an H. He's Sean without an H. Well, fuck we're you talking, up. We're talking Indiana here. This is Sean Unspicer. Prediction from Josh Stone at This Is Josh Stone. Baylor will win by 21 points. Mm. No. <laughs> Next. No. I, like I mean, I am willing to buy that Baylor is not as bad as they have looked in their first two games, both of which has, have been losses to Liberty and to Texas San Antonio. I do not think they are going to follow those two home losses, in one of which they did not even score 21 points, by going to play at least a formidable Duke team on the road and win that game by three touchdowns. I, I, listen, I will buy that they are a work in progress and that by the end of the season, we will look back and say, like, God, how did how did those two things happen? 
and that they'll beat Kansas and Iowa State and maybe give somebody else a scare. Like, I'm not going to say they're totally doomed, but I they're not, no. They're not turning around <laughs> and winning this game by 21 points. So the best thing about that 21-point margin is um, Michael J. Altman on Twitter also says, Duke beats Baylor by three touchdowns. So whatever happens here, somebody's losing by three touchdowns. I just like that. In the year 2017, after five or six years of Baylor being on the verge of crashing the title picture and Duke being at least a bowl team, like things have gone so full circle for Baylor that now you're, you know, you probably should be a huge underdog to Duke. Like, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, the, the program's at these two schools that most of us grew up on, it'd be hard to imagine either school scoring three touchdowns in a game, period. And now um, Baylor, which was, you know, came very, very close to making a playoff, is right back to being a three-touchdown underdog to Duke. Just what trajectories we have here. I'm just, I'm willing to buy that Baylor even wins the game. I'll go that far, but this is not, no, 21, no. no, no, what, no, no. what is the line? What is the line? I refuse right? to look it up. I refuse. I'm not doing it. We're moving on. It is it is Duke by two touchdowns. God, that's amazing. <laughs> Jesus. That's, that's amazing. This one from Brendan James at Loon Squad underscore. Army will throw multiple touchdown passes against Ohio State. We're going to do this Price is Right style, closest without going over. Spencer, how many pass attempts do you think Army has this season through two games? Nine. Jason? Ten. Jason hit it on the head. It's ten attempts. <laughs> They're two for ten this season. They I, went, o- I went high. They only <laughs> threw multiple touchdowns once last year, and that was against Lafayette. Louisiana Lafayette? No. The other one. <laughs> the, the one a division below. The that. Leopards. Yeah. Um. It would be amazing. It would mean disaster for Ohio State's defense at this point. I will tentatively say that this is more likely than Baylor winning by 21 points, but only just barely. Only just barely. Yeah. No, no. That's, that's not happening. It's just not their steez. And it's not... What's oh. confusing is that, it, it, you know, I saw the 10 attempt thing and I was like, why are they, like, breaking in? No! Senior quarterback. Same one that they had last year. Like, sure, man. Go for it. Don't throw the ball if you don't have to. It's beautiful. My favorite part about the Ohio State ranks number 130 in pass defense thing, which, okay, yeah, that's you're using garbage stats and total uh, total numbers. It's still not good. It's more like number 95, I think, in yards per attempt or whatever. Um the funnier part is they're going to rank like number 95 or 105 after they play Army. They're going to play a team that is not interested in passing and might not throw a single time all game and still rank around number 100 in uh, total passing yards. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, they kind of need Army to throw some passes just to help their yards per attempt number. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they went 0 for 5. Look, secondary's well, improving. That's the bad part is when Army does throw, it's it's probably going deep. Like, you know, the flexbone teams, the whole the whole idea is we only throw as like a, you know, 
is going for the end zone basically. Right. So like if Army does throw, <laughs> that's that's when nerves are high. Yeah. I have. I, I want to take this one from at the real at real Matt Nolan. It's just a picture of Papa John drunk. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good prediction. <laughs> I think that's... I think that one's coming to fruition. Honestly, in 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 so many ways, be it spiritual or literal, this is the most accurate prediction this week because Clemson does play Louisville, and that means you get to watch the evolved, the next the next evolution of Lamar Jackson, who needs a Pokemon name, right? Like he needs like since he's obviously taken a step up developmentally, he needs a new version of of his name. We'll think about it. So, here's why you should root for Louisville to make the college football playoff. ESPN owns the playoff, right? And ESPN has a lot of programming to fill. And it's kind of hard during the playoff and before, it's kind of hard to get a lot of coaches and players. Like, they can, but they're not going to get them for a lot of time because these guys are prepping for the game. It is easy to sort of go and get somebody affiliated with a program, a former coach, a former player, a well-known fan, whatever. So... If Louisville makes the playoff, that means we're going to get Papa John on first take with Stephen A. Smith. And I don't even know where that conversation is going to go. Could it go? Could it, could, it get, like could it get into you know a debate over single-payer health care? Absolutely. Could it also get into the sexual uses of garlic butter? Yes. Could we somehow combine those two? conversations into whether the government should pay for your health care needs because you found a sexual use for garlic butter? Maybe. I want that. Could Steve could Stephen A just straight up just just bow up and say, You know I respect you, Papa John. But but however, but, however however Canadian bacon, things of that nature. There is only one Domino's Domino's has been bringing quality for years. Years. It's about legacy. How can you say you have the legacy of Dom? Where is your Noid? Have you ever had a Noid? <laughs> what? I didn't think so. <laughs> the Noid should be uh, Louisville's mascot, just for the record. Just turn that into an L. It kind of is, right? Just give the Noid a beak, and that's the the <laughs> toothed bird mascot. <laughs> I think the other cool thing about Louisville making the playoff would be um, that it's announced, you know, shots on campus. This is cool. This is great. Uh, and then Bobby Petrino leaves for Tennessee before the semifinal. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> or if he doesn't, Coach or LeBron. if he doesn't, he wins the sem and he wins the semifinal. My God, if Lou, if if Bobby Petrino has to go back to Atlanta to coach the national championship game, <laughs> don't leave your hotel, Bobby. Don't even leave your car. You know he'll show up and just be like, "Who? Who's that? We don't know him. <laughs> never heard of her. Mm. I've never, I've never been to this town before. <laughs> it was good to see friends. That's how you know he's lying. He said the word friends. <laughs> he said the word good. <laughs> That's what humans humans talk about friends. When Ted Cruz and I get together and count our spores. Oh God. <laughs> Wait, does Bobby oh, does Bobby Petrino run Ted thing. Cruz's Twitter account? Oh, well, it all makes sense. Take a look at the follows. I, I gotta write that article mm. at some point. Go look up Bobby the... Petrino's follows. 
Jesus. I was going to say, neither of them really have a whole lot of trophies. So let's. This is getting way too sexual. Let's tone it way down. Hi, I'm Ben Epstein from the Limited Upside Podcast. And I'm Mike Prada, the SBNation.com NBA editor. And we wanted to tell you about our team preview series. Yes, Ben, it's amazing. The NBA season is almost here again. It comes around so quickly, and this year a little earlier. So we're doing these team previews fast and furious. Check us out. Look on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those great places. Search for Limited Upside. It is a national NBA podcast, and we sprinkle in the flavor of all the various SB Nation NBA communities. So we got feet on the ground as well as Mike's overarching national narrative. You ready to hear about how your team is going to do really awesome this year and you don't want to think about the cold, hard reality of a long (laughs) winter? You'll want to listen to this podcast series. We go team by team all the way up leading into the season. Check it out at SBNation.com, but also on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you get your podcasts. From Rocco C at El Rocco 337, UConn will cover plus 10 against UVA. This is the least Ugh. sexy football game available to you on Saturday. Um, UVA is bad right now. They rank 118th in rushing defense, 121st in pass defense. UConn is better than them in both of those things. UConn has only played one game, though, and they almost lost to Holy Cross. I Yeah, yeah this is not... This is... This is bad. It's very bad. That's, that's my that's my official verdict on this entire situation. It's just you'd get to this game, sit down in your seat, and go, "Oh, this is unfortunate." It's deeply bad. It's I I'm gonna pass on this question because that requires me to watch or care about the outcome. No, no, don't do that. So punt. punt. We're gonna end this possession on a kick, and I'm that's punting. a success. I'm punting. I'm this, punt as well. Yeah, that prediction either will or will not be true. Can we can we just say this about UConn UVA? The real winner, um, as always, is an agent. Because an agent got both of these men raises and new jobs for coaching ACC teams with absolutely no hope. So good for them. Disgusting. Mm. I mean, I don't yeah, whatever. Um Jason, you got one? From how do you say this? Dollar sign apostrophe Tiffin Delon, Steve PA17 on Twitter. James Franklin will equate playing Georgia State to playing Pitt. Uh, a week earlier, of course, James Franklin beat Pitt and said that was just like beating Akron. Means means no more to us than beating Akron. So let's just keep that rolling. So here's the beating, thing. Beating Georgia State is exactly the same as beating uh, whoever we beat last week. I don't recall. It was basically Akron. Here's the thing. I think the playoff committee should use this against Penn State. Ooh. I think they should say, like, well, by your coach's own admission, through uh, through however many weeks, you haven't beaten anybody above Akron level. So I don't know why we Penn should State. rank you at all. <laughs> Penn State 7-0, and unranked in the initial committee <laughs> rankings. Uh who is it now? Kirby Hokut just gets up there and says, well, they've just beaten Akron seven times. They, they'll <laughs> tell you they played nobody. I don't know why they scheduled seven Akron games. Uh, their coach the openly like, admits no. that the strength of schedule is not what we look for. Let's dive into this one. Dakota Moyer at Dak Moyer suggests mm. Texas 45, USC 42. Uh, you know, plausible? Maybe? Sure. I mean, it's very... It's, it's really hard to tell 
which USC team will show up because they weren't really sort of all there from Buster, Michigan. And then they were, they were there twice. They were there double time and in force against Stanford, just kicked Stanford, kicked Stanford's ass, just beat them, beat them down, ran on them, made them feel bad about themselves. So will they be up for Texas? Um, I mean, it's a big name, but it's not a big name that really sort of threatens you when you look at how poorly they've performed over the last, I don't know, how long are we on here? 2014? It's been a while, yeah. Maybe new starter at quarterback, right? We're not sure about that yet, are we? Well, like, if it happens, it'll be those kind, that kind oh, of score, Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It won't be, yes. Texas is not winning this game 20-17. to 17. Um, No, no, no. If you, if, you if, we're, if we're pulling out that kind of win, it's most definitely on the, 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 the complete accident of a game. When you see 45-42 and it involves teams that would prefer not to play 45-42, yeah, that's, that's just one big accident that somebody's like, you both got into it. You're both trying to live, you know, live through. It right? will also be like Texas goes up 45-14 and everybody's like, oh, my God, USC getting beat the hell down. And then the comeback will slowly happen. And then Texas A&M fans will see, like, see, it's not just us. Oh, I think you just, oh. I think you just wrote the script for this entire game, right? But then, you, <laughs> but then USC won't quite get there. They'll fall just short if, if it happens. If it yeah. happens, here's how it happens. That's it happens, also here's how that's, Texas. Isn't that it. also the name of a book by USC's greatest football player ever? That's, that's true. Something Matt, like that. Matt Liner describing his uh, his lovemaking. Okay. Yes. Here's how I do it. Here's how I'm doing it right now. You keep taking this back to the lascivious Ryan, and then complaining about it like you didn't do it. Yeah. This is like I don't know if you've noticed this. Every Conan O'Brien interview is always the horniest interview in the planet. And he's like, Oh God, <laughs> how did this happen? So anyway, about your breasts on the set, you know, f funnily enough, <laughs> I was thinking about masturbating bear earlier this week. So <laughs> who, who isn't, can we, Oh man. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> masturbating bears. <laughs> oh, God. Going to town. God, I wow. wish, I wish this was a throw to an ad, but it's not. It's not. We have so many. It is not because, <laughs> as, as we as we have been pointing out all off season, one of the weirdest possible games and the weirdest possible arrangement at the weirdest possible time is happening this Saturday. Two diametrically opposed fan bases, two equally shambolic programs, historically speaking, meet to celebrate dysfunction, and again being on different pages at all times. These these two programs can't even be on the same page when it comes to how they're doing, right? Because it's not like Old Miss and Cal are meeting when both things are going well or both teams are just in their historical troughs. No, Cal, Cal appears to have a pulse. Slowly but surely, it looks like Justin Wilcox sort of knows what he's doing. And they've looked like a very competent football team somehow. Uh, Old Miss... Old Miss is in the middle of one of the greatest ravagings and NCAA and scandal can possibly give a program. Because when I just start at, well, bring me up to speed just in case I've been asleep for three years. I start with, your coach was fired for calling an escort. And that's just the start of it. So it's not even like they're meeting at the like like same time. Nope, can't even agree on that. But faux Jacob Gambrell, at that Gambrell guy, says... Old Miss Cal goes into three OT 
and ends at 3.45 a.m. Eastern Time. Hmm. I will tell you, 3OT won't, 3OT won't do it. That's, good. That's like, it's yeah, got to be like six quintuple OT. Yeah. But if this happens, I mean, Shea Patterson is already putting up just stupid numbers against weak competition through Ole Miss's first two games. He's thrown nine touchdowns to one interception. He's almost at a thousand yards passing on the season. If we get a massive overtime game against Cal, an improved Cal, but still Cal, Cal, Shea Patterson is just going to put up a stat line that will make you vomit. You should want that. You should want to vomit you at 3 a.m. That's a really good sport. If you're a casual <laughs> fan just now joining us, you get to vomit at 3 a.m. Uh, after watching about 15 hours of football. It's a great sport. Clock in. I like this one. I really like this Saturday because West Coast fan who, you know, it's 2, 2 a.m. Eastern. Things are in double overtime, and, and, and the East Coast fans are starting to say, okay, I've, I've had about enough football. And then you see the West Coast fans chime in like, oh, yeah? Yeah, well, it's only 11 here, so suck it up, you know? And it's, okay, that's that's cool. Like, granted, the West Coast is superior. We all acknowledge watching sports on the West Coast is superior. But, like, those of us on the East Coast have been at this since, you know, 7 or 8 a.m. your time, if you clocked in before noon. So, like... Come on, man. Have some sympathy. I think this week you get to see if you're here for every Pac-12 game, you get to really feel the full experience, you know, because that means you're up nice and early for UCLA Memphis. And then you're you're dragging through the eighth overtime of Ole Miss Cal. I would give you this. Stanford at San Diego State, also starting the late slate at 1030 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Rashad Penny? Rashad Penny's going to be a problem because... Uh... Uh, USC ran on Stanford. Uh, USC uh, really ran on Stanford, and they ran well. And Rashad Penny is yeah, well, um, great. So that could be a, teams, like you. You could start that game at like midnight Eastern, and it'd be over at like one thirty Eastern. Because <laughs> yeah, they no, kind of just went prettiest. Both teams have elected to waive the third quarter. We will. We will now <laughs> proceed to the fourth quarter. <laughs> We're playing hockey. Did you stop the clock for the first down? Oh, no. no, ah. no don't do that. Ah. We don't deserve that. I mean, that's not, you know, that's not how time, at Stanford, we're very smart, and we know that's not how time works. <laughs> it's like, it's like if uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was calling a game. This is preposterous. You can't do that. This is, for total length, I'm going to go ahead and clock it. Arizona State, Texas Tech at seven might and after at eight. that game's at eight stop at looking eight, at sorry, lsu at football eight. and not doing the math it's I'm at eight totally doing that. it's at eight it's at, i'm sorry it's at 8 p.m eastern time mr new york some of us live <laughs> in god's country you don't live in central time i you know you can't tell me that actually i will always live in central time ryan eastern time but an inconvenience i tolerate so i'm just guessing that there might be a race this would explain Arizona why State. you're always late to the airport, though, actually. If you're like, no, no, that, that would... <laughs> do, do I thought I had an hour. Does, like, does, do they show your flight time on LSUfootball.net? Is that why? <laughs> no, like, I all know it if they did. Is done. <laughs> totally done you that said way. have the kids at school by 8. By 7. <laughs> oh, LSUfootball.net. And somebody would have like hacked it and cannily put in my appointments on there and be like, oh, look, got to be at the doctor at two, which is really one. 
So let's see what that we got on happened. lsufootball.net this week. Let's see. We got a uh, Bama spring game, Auburn spring game. Uh, Spencer's got a, got a dentist appointment. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's on ESPN2. That's weird. <laughs> Somebody will watch it, though. So, yeah, that game, Texas Tech, Arizona State starts at eight. Yeah, I'm, 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 that's going to, that's going to, the ending to that might fall at the same time as the ending of Stanford, San Diego State, which starts at 1030 Eastern, right? Because yeah. they'll be done in like an hour and a half while I'm sure starting at eight, Arizona State, Texas Tech will be eh, mid third quarter, maybe early fourth, getting into third OT. So my favorite thing to do is to look at the weekly schedule for weeks like this and figure out what the cheapest ticket in college football is. ESPN's schedule has a list of tickets, and I don't actually know who they're providing them from, so take all of this with a heavy grain of salt. Do either of you have a guess as to what the lowest ticket on here is? What the game is, is not, not the amount. Overall or among overall. Power 5? There is a Power, yes, involving a Power 5 team. Oh, that's not good. Hmm. Involving a Power 5 team. Is it Georgia Tech at UCF? Uh, that game got canceled, so no. That game is free. No. Yeah. Bowling that Green. Game, so that's cheap. Bowling Green at Northwestern. You can go to Ryan Field for $2. Mm, no, thank you. <laughs> I feel like at some point, shouldn't they just pay you? What's the difference? What is the difference? What is it like to be a ticket taker at Northwestern games? Like, what is the point? Are there people trying to sneak in? Are there people like, oh man, I gotta get in here, gotta get in here, see McCann? What are you talking good. about? I think it's more about you don't want people stashing stuff there, right? Mm, it's true. Like the Sir, Chicago this is, crime crime lords, like uh, Al Capone. This is not a storage facility. You can't bring a couch that you don't want anymore in here. It's not climate. Somebody did. It's not climate controlled. But there's a couch right up there in the, in the <laughs> second level. Yeah, it's been there for 30 years. So what? We love that couch. It has season tickets, sir. That that couch <laughs> oh. loves Northwestern football. I was going to say, listen, it's Evanston. If a single person that they don't want there is there, then the police will be there in seconds. They're very good. Wow. Evanston's, Evanston's very good at keeping people out Jeez. that they don't want out. Well, great. Now Roger's not going to come to our live show in Lafayette. Thanks a lot. As a Medill grad, this is very offensive. <laughs> exactly. I'm surprised you, as a Medill grad, would say this. Uh, you know, it, I, my my principles overcome my pedigree. Journalism de Only... demands honesty. <laughs> it does. It does. That's why. That's why I'm gonna watch Tennessee, Florida, because I'm definitely sure that Florida will be competitive. Northwestern football dies in darkness. I have one more. One. I have one more prediction I want to do. All right. One more, and I. That, this is from at Waltman seventy one. This will be the second time Orgeron's career has ended in Starkville. Oof. No. They won't. No. no, he's not getting fired this quick. No. Nor will it be like the, you know, stone that gradually crumbles the entire fence. Nope. It's not. That's not happening here. Is there a chance Mississippi State can win this game? Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Like 100%. I'm not sure about much, but I do know this. I know that what LSU does on offense now is uh, it's a problem. It's a really cool problem. If you've seen 
they did like the most yeah, just I hate to put it this way, but it's really just the most dickhead like shovel option play. You just look at it and you're like, you jerks. Which is awesome. You wanna you want your offense to do that and have everybody go, Oh god, you're such a dick. Like they run so many little annoying things now that they didn't before. Like they try. It's great to see an LSU offense that's just inventive and a pain in the ass and ultimately relies on throwing the ball to um, to big people. <laughs> they throw the ball to big people, to running backs, and generally make life hell. And that's cool. I like watching that. Like I I I it's refreshing to watch LSU do that after years of Les Miles, Fisher Price, my first offense, however you want to put it, right? It's like watching the New York Jets from 1983. It was not good. But on the or other any hand, other year. LSU, <laughs> yeah, LSU, uh, more than happy to respond because I know we're two games in, just two games. But 53 points a game, 53 points a game is some production, y'all. No matter who you are. I mean, doing work. Now, again... That's against Charleston Southern and Louisiana Tech. And in that Louisiana Tech game, lest it pass without us mentioning it, third 93 happened. Put your hands in the air. Never forget, third 93 happened against Louisiana Tech. This isn't a prediction, but I have a question. So Colorado State goes to Alabama uh, this week at 7 o'clock. And Colorado is closer to Hawaii than Alabama is. I'm worried that Colorado State's players are going to start speaking Hawaiian. Mm -hmm. To Sweet Tea. And he's going to accidentally like give them all sorts of insider information because they speak Hawaiian. Or they might. They know more Hawaiian than an Alabama player does. They're in the same conference. I'm sure they've picked Shit. up some Hawaiian. Shit. Yeah. This could be trouble. Bama's doomed, y'all. However, so, um, so former dumb. Colorado State head coach Jim McElwain knows Nick Saban. So perhaps he has tipped him off to that, or perhaps he is shrewd and devious and sneaky enough to exacerbate the problem. Do we think, do we think Jim McElwain is, is scheming and, 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 and slick like that? No. No, I don't. No, no. I, so yeah, so Bama's so, doing so, you know, everybody's everybody's been paying attention to this uh, Bama message board thing about this very issue. The title of the post, I think, is Tua hyphen language barrier. And, and, you know, in our post, we're like, yep, Hawaii's been a member of the United States since 1959. Are you confident that Alabama textbooks are from after that? Hmm. Yeah. The, it. Um. Because if, let's see, I'm trying to remember the uh, the timeline. There's one reason that but, Alabama textbooks is updated. You know exactly what it is. You got to put the chip in there, y'all. There's an insert that gets put in. Yes, I agree yeah, with you that. You just get a sticker. You get a sticker that you update. On the 17 pages that mention Bama's titles, you just update each one of those. So I think the Bama textbook, it goes back to the um, the biblical flood that was in 1775. Sure. Then America was founded the year after that. Mm -hmm. um, and then— One World War II, five years after that. Five years after that. Football was invented in 1777. Right. Bama won its first title in 1778. Then the next mm -hmm. year was um, 2017. 
that that's accurate. 